0: of a podcast fly week live show edition. We are coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is furious that his personal life has been dragged through the
1: papers. It's Adam Rosenberg. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you, everyone. Um, I am ropeable. Yes, I'm dating Jimmy Bartell, but... Hey! I don't see how that is anyone else's business, right? Disgraceful. disgraceful. I, didn't know, I didn't know he was married. Um, Because he said to me, he goes, "My wife's a fashion blogger," and I was like, "That's fictional." So I just
0: tell us the truth, Jimmy. Tell us the truth. Yeah, I just assumed that she was a made-up person. So yeah. So Jimmy and I have been seeing each other. Someone who takes photos of their food and makes a living out of that. And you go, "No, Jimmy, that's made up.
1: That's not a thing." So So yes.
0: How did you, Mr. Bartel, meet?
1: Uh, So we met uh, down in Geelong. It was lovely. Mm -hmm. I was. uh, I was. You were
0: a waiter at Wacky Wednesday.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I was down at uh, the Centrelink down there because I go, I go to about eight Centrelinks to get different payments, <laughs> and I, uh, I uh, was uh, getting some meth, and I bumped into Jimmy. Meth in Geelong? I don't believe you. I yeah. don't believe you either. Oh, come on, mate. So yeah, so we're going out.
0: How much of it is? How much of it is this a real question? Question without notice. I'm oh, sorry. Fuck. This early. How much is it fair that we're hearing about this for like the last ten days?
1: Well, I think, because he's a uh, Brownlow medalist, I think we do need to hear about it. And I think he should do a a, a live show like Gary Ablett has done. Oh, an evening with Jimmy Bartel. Yeah, an evening with Jimmy Bartel. Taking you
0: through all the Daily Mail articles about him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's, uh, females only. Um, So he can... Because he's got to let a player play. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Fucking hell.
1: Tough crowd, got it. All right.
0: Hey, a uh, uh, bi week, Adam. Actually, we'll bring Andy up and we'll talk about bye week. Yes. What should be happening about that? Yeah, we're, we're, there should be more events. What'd you
1: think about the EJX? It was a fucking shootout, wasn't it? I mean, it's—I've never seen scoring like that before in EJX. Um,
0: <laughs> the thing I found to be sad was there the few people were there. Like, pe- there weren't as many people there in the past.
1: You were saying there wasn't people there. Yeah, there weren't many people there. That no, was fucking terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is that because they make it AFLX and people are like, oh, I don't like the—I I want the traditional
1: of the EJ Witten, you know? They completely fucked it. Like it was, it was sort of, it was shit anyway. And then they went, how can we make it shitter? And they go, we'll get ex-AFL players to play a game they've never played before. Yeah, yeah. And they don't want to play. But they got And a it's free... fucking cold. And they got a free night of Crown for it though. Did they? Yeah, so Jimmy could have taken
0: his new partner. It would have been wonderful. <laughs> okay, I went, yeah, okay. Now, guys, we've not... we don't want to bury the lead, okay? Mm. Um, right here, look at here, look here. Adam Rosenbach's published author. Yeah, Check absolutely.
2: it
1: out. This is absolutely fantastic. Thank you, mate.
0: Take people through the book. Just a quick little synopsis.
1: Went overseas with my dad. <laughs> we did travel type stuff. Um, <laughs> all right, three people listened to the podcast last week. <laughs> Fucking hell. This is tough.
0: And he hated Paris.
1: He didn't like Paris, no. he was By the names fan.
0: Paris and other disappointments. Yes. Flying off the shelves. Actually, Adam won't tell you this, but we actually were meant to have a book here today. But they didn't have to come along because the books have sold out everywhere. So they, they're pretty much the only copies of so the right here.
2: Yeah.
1: How many people here have bought it? Yeah,
2: boy. Three people. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your contribution uh, contribution, and all you other tight asses. Fuck you. Uh,
0: and I don't know if you were at the book launch of Adam's book. Uh, it is at the bakery below where Ricky Nixon <laughs> lives. <laughs> no, it's, the, it's the place to do your book launch. <laughs> where will people be able to get it in the future, Like, Is it?
1: That- uh, at... at yeah, all bookshops and on, uh, like online and, and things like
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> online and things like okay, yeah. so you can buy it at Pornhub. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Paris at the disappointments and. I've been wrapped it for a lot Pornhub. of stepsisters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Gatorade Bukaki um, <laughs> the chapter is river. You know what I would like to do though. I got the book sitting there. I would love for you... Can we do it
0: first, though? Can we do one thing first? Oh, yep. Because there's another big announcement, and Adam, again, is too modest to actually let you guys, you guys know this, but he um. has been signed up to do another book, which I think is fantastic. Thank you. Congratulations, Thank you. To Adam, already. I'm, yeah, I'm
1: just finding out about that. Thank it's you. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: He's been requested to write an AFL-themed book. So Have I? Yeah, it's going to be a really uh, good book. Yeah. I really like it. It's a really good what idea. What would I call
2: it?
1: Well,
0: I actually <laughs> tapped in. I hacked into your computer. Did the you? Yeah, and there's a few things I'm going to tell the AFP about, but I tapped in <laughs> your computer and I realised that you've got some working titles out there. So I just thought I'd like, can I share with the job no, timers out there? Some please working do, titles. mate. I'm looking forward to this. I feel like you haven't, don't know what these working titles are. You've been working so hard. That um, is true. Obviously, at the back of uh, Paris and other disappointments, of course, the first one to go with is Carlton and other disappointments. <laughs> there's a lot here. Uh, Fifty Shades and Razor Ray, that's one. Um, <laughs> The girl with the Drew Petrie tattoo, that's a good one. Hunger Games, the Mitch McGovern story. There's Pinocchio, the Liam Pickering story. Uh, Mr. Grumpy, the Ross Lyon story. Uh, Mr. Forgetful, the Stephen Dank story. Uh, <laughs> eat, Pray, Love, Get Caught Urinating in a Nightclub, the Mark Robinson story. There's a lot here, Adam. There's yeah, no. Willie... Well, really... how, how was your Saturday, mate? <laughs> Big day? There's Willy Rioli in the Chocolate Factory. There's... Collingwood fan of Green Gables. That's a nice one. Jesus, uh, that was fucking terrible. Well, here's, a, here's another one. Valley of the Brad Shoals. Wow. Wow, fuck. Grapes of Gaff. Uh, should have gone with the wind. Uh, the, the Joy of Michael Sexton. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Match Review Panel. There are six left. Uh, the Cat in the Hat at Wacky Wednesday. And you're in a relationship, aren't you? <laughs> uh, That's just fucking unbelievable. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Um, Umpires can go fuck themselves. (laughs) Harry Taylor and the Philosopher's Stone. See,
1: they like (laughs) it. Yeah, Yeah, you fucking tapped into that one.
0: Clifford the Big Red Low Dog Cunt. Um, (laughs) All Quiet on the Western Front, A History of the Fremantle Dockers. A couple of the history buffs here. Tale of Two Bob Chitties, okay, 94 fans out there, 95 fans. (laughs) And this one probably shouldn't say, but Diary of Anne Frank, seasons 42 to 44. Okay, that is out of line,
2: out of line.
1: Don't applaud, don't, don't reward that banned. with applause. That is banned. Fuck. And you, so you said to your girlfriend, I'm just going to go away and do some work. And that's what you did. Now, you know what I'd like to do, if you could... Could you read a passage yeah, from sure. the book?
0: Because we were talking a couple of weeks ago on the show that Adam, um, that he's not going to do an audio book. He may at some stage, but the publisher, Penguin, am I right? No, no, no,
1: they came back to me. We're, we're going to be doing an audio book. Oh, sick, yeah, yeah. you're one. Yeah, great, yes. also.
0: Okay, well, can I audition them for the audiobook?
1: Well, that's what I thought. We could get some of our favourite uh, footballing characters to read some audio. From
0: which bit do you want me to go from?
1: Uh, so, yeah, let's take it from the top. From
0: the top of page yeah. 34. So who My could... favourite page, this one.
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> Who can we kick off with first? Um,
0: okay, how about we go with... Lethal? Uh,
2: <laughs> the only way
0: to pass the agonizing minutes is we slowly made our way over the Indian Ocean was with in-flight entertainment. I had extra confidence. Is it just one fly? Okay, I've got Terry Wallace. Um. <laughs> the only way to pass the agonizing minutes That's <laughs> we slowly made our way... Oh, fuck you, Dad. Oh, spin him off! <laughs> Ross line um, the only way to pass the agonising the only way to pass the agonising minutes of hanging with me <laughs> was to jump out of a plane and then of course their old friend, their old friend. the only way to pass the agonising minutes as we slowly made our way over the Indian Ocean was to hang out with a bristle and then pulled up the big jokes.
1: That was James Brayshaw sure, for anyone. Couldn't work that out. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Good stuff.
0: Do you have copies left after the show? Any more around? No, I don't. I actually genuinely don't. Oh, actually, yeah. I might buy this one off you then. Yeah.
1: Okay. Made Sweets? Yeah, 500 bucks, buddy.
0: <laughs> so we're bringing out a first act. Hey, you're from
1: the MCC. You can afford it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing extremely well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: first guest. Let's get him up here. Hey, guys. You know I'm loving. Please welcome my stage Carlton fan, Annie Lee.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Hello, lads. Hello, all. Special shout out to this fellow in the front row because I saw him eat the shit down the stairs so bad. Really? Yeah. There should be a concussion test. <laughs> really? Seriously, go away for 20 minutes, see if you can come back, mate, and actually stay and watch the show. H- how, how actually are you feeling? Uh, what's, what, what day
0: is it? <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to play in the fourth test, okay? <laughs> But he's allowed us
3: someone, someone in like for like. So if you've got another friend, I um, like you know, it. I'm basically good. the guy next to him, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey. Um, I'm well, also, uh, look, a li- I've got something to b- a bone to pick with you, Eds. actually. Me? Off the top. Awesome. This is
1: good. Um, awesome. He
3: is a priest, I'm not sure if you guys have been following the papers, but uh, Bartel was linked with a TV personality in Melbourne. That was me. Um, <laughs> so you and I. You've been
1: cheating on me with Jimmy. And yes, while Jimmy he cheats
3: Pitt. on someone else with you. Fuck it's, yeah, it gets very confusing. Wow, we've
0: got a three
1: way tie
3: here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to I count back. Three count, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, can we kick off with Carlton, the year that was? Ooh, yes. Now
1: tell us your bona fides with Carlton. How, how you obviously were. Born and bred Carlton supporter. I, I want to know how deep your blue blood
3: runs. I love the Blues. Um, how much do you love the Blues, My mate? dad's cousin played for Carlton. That's what's got set the whole family. Oh, out. really? So Kevin Hall is his name. He uh, Premiership Hawley. player for Carlton. Okay. Um, and that's what sent us all uh, following the Blues. And then, um, yeah. Is someone yeah, to someone the get that fucking phone? <laughs> yeah. It's sorry, it's that's, Jimmy Bartel.
0: That's, <laughs> that's, it's it's eat Someone told him about the first fifteen minutes and said, "Fuck this shit." <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Kevin Hall. So, which Premiership team do you play in?
3: What would he have been? I reckon it would have been '80s. Um, Should I look him up? Yeah, that'd, that'd be handy. In the uh, '80s? I don't.
1: I don't remember a Kevin Hall.
3: Maybe '70s, '80s. Is yeah. It? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how old are you?
1: It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> um, mid to early to late 40s, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so what are your
0: early memories of Carlson? When do you? When uh, do you kind of? You know I think everyone has that kind of year where you kind of well, get football. Well, I've actually.
3: I've, I, I, used to, I, mean, I loved going to Princess Park before they had seats. So you had to stand there on the gravel behind the goals. And if we were losing, uh, which was kind of rare back then because we, we were going pretty well. fuck, we were good. But if we were losing, um, you could leave and steal a Sharon. So uh, the stand was so low... Uh, at at uh, at the far end, that if, if say if if Kernahan or, or Dorotich or someone like that yeah, yeah. had a shot, kind of ten meters out, you could you could, if you were out if you are outside, he they'd kick it over the stand, grab a ball, run home, and that was the end of the day. Yeah, that's
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, we used to do that at Windy Hill because yeah. I grew up near Windy Hill, so you just go there and you know.
3: And was that, ball.
0: Did you actually ever get?
3: Ball? Yeah, absolutely, and the security guards were fat bastards. Yeah. Like you, 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 get, you get away from them, but it felt you kind of felt a bit bad because they didn't have a bucket of balls back then. You know, how now they've got this huge bucket of balls in the yeah, player runs yeah. and grabs it. It'd be a three-minute delay when yeah. they run into the rooms <laughs> and find a ball and bring <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and pull out one they use at training or something. <laughs> and and do actually... they
1: compare it like they do in cricket? They like bring it out, ball like for like. Yeah. They go, oh, this one, this one's been swinging late, so we'll take, yeah. put this one out there. Here we um, go. So, so that's,
3: that's, there, there are the early memories, and then, look, one of my. One of my mates is, he really loves Carlton. Um, And uh, he, when we got caught cheating, uh, back when we uh, were paying people, you know, under the table a little bit... Don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He rang me and said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I'm so angry, I'm going to do something. (laughs) I'm like, well, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, you know, he's like, I'm just going to do something.
0: Wait, is the mate Ian Collins,
2: by any chance?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But he rang me the next day and said, check out the paper. And he was the one that wrote RIP, paint, graffitied RIP Carlton, the starting year to whatever year it was, 1990, yeah, 2002, yeah, yeah. whatever, when we got caught cheating. And that was the back page of the Herald Sun, his graffiti on the back wall. And I said to him, shit, how did, how did they get the pictures so quickly? He goes, I rang them before I went. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, he was going to do something. He did it. Yeah Can I I um,
0: talk about Kevin Hall Very quickly right here Yeah sure So Kevin Paul um, Played in the 68 Premiership So that would have been against Essendon Essendon. Yes That's Um, good Debuted in 63 Here am I
3: talking about the 80s (laughs) This is like 20 years off (laughs) Uncle (laughs) Uncle Kev (laughs) Oh
0: no sorry Oh yes Um, And then played a Premiership again again in 70 and 72 Three time Premiership player Yeah Yeah. Final game was 73 Grand final When they lost to Richmond (laughs) Ha ha (laughs) Suckers Um and then five years later, he was appointed to Carlton's match, match committee. Um, uh, so he would have, five years later, 78, so he probably went through that 79, 81, 82 period as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Holy shit. Why, why do we have you here? We should have him here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he costs way too much. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that kind of sent the whole family... Uh, across to uh, to pull, to Barracking for Carlton. So were you like in a sanctum back
1: then? Like, could you go into the rooms and stuff nah, with Uncle? God, Kev? No, not
3: close enough, cousins. Uh, yeah, right. with My dad, no, not at all. Really, it was just same as anyone. Same. Well, still love watching footy, sitting in the outer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you and, do, don't you? Yeah. Every time you're like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm on level three. Yeah, fucking level about three. 14, what the four, fuck? Fourteen rows back at Eddie Hand yeah. or, or Marvel or whatever they choose to call it next week. But I feel like
0: you have a bit of an inner sanctum about you. I feel like, I reckon you, Andy Lee, are a bit of a Bruce Matheson type player. You don't have the big pokey money, right? You're not, but you, that kind of Bruce <laughs> Matheson got radio thing, money. That Bruce Matheson thing where he's kind of the hidden power broker. He'll just mm. kind of say what goes, even though he's not on the board or anything. I reckon you've got a bit of, You're in the, are you at least like an ambassador or something?
3: I do a, a little bit of work with the blues, um, which, is, which was meant to be kind of um, membership engagement and marketing, uh, <laughs> which- And you have done those great- It's just tough to sell memberships when you shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: they, they are like, great ads though, that you've done with yeah. Pena and Husey
3: and the like. Over yeah, the last we couple put up a few little videos. Mick Malthouse got pretty angry about one of them, which yeah. is, um, it, it was- Mick was... Malthouse got angry. That sounds... <laughs>
2: Fuck. But he's got rat cunning. He's...
3: That's weird. It's well, was grumpy. What I found funny about that incident when we did a, a. My dad looks a lot like Mick Malthouse, everyone. Like, almost exactly the same. Was that torturous for three years? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I hate you. I love you, but I fucking hate you. And so we, we made this little promo video about trying to introduce people to become members of the club, and I brought my dad along. And Pang, Sam Pang and Husey thought it was Mick Malthouse. And they're like, what the fuck's he doing here? No. And they're like, no, it's not Mick. And my dad's name is Mick. So I'm going, it's not that Mick. No, it's a different Mick kind of thing. Anyway, Malthouse wasn't that pleased with it. Became um, thing. It became a thing. Well, the weird thing was, we've just... I think, like, Australia's just cheated in South Africa. Like, yeah, with right. sandpaper. Yeah, and then they put this on the back page <laughs> of the Herald Sun: the fact that Mick Malthouse has got his nose out of joint, that, that my dad looks a bit like him. Now you told a you told a story a few years ago. Maybe we can uh, repeat
1: it. When Mick Malthouse, you were having brekkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So we were. So he'd just been he'd been sacked from the Blues. He'd just been the year sacked from the Blues, and yeah. I was
3: having um, breakfast, uh, kind of on the curbside in Richmond. And this car pulls up, and window goes down, right. and this guy goes, "How your beloved Blues going without me?" I was like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" <laughs> it's like, I said, "Sorry." It's like, "How are your beloved blues going without me?" And then I realised it was Mick Malthouse. So it's like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, f- uh, f- fine, I think I don't know." It's like, <laughs> it's kind of just just happened, and we'll we'll see. It's like, and then he r- drove off, and my girlfriend turns to me and goes, "Who was that old man?" <laughs> I said, "I said that was just Carlton's coach last week, but." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I remember it that. So, it's
0: but
3: so it weird that he... kind of fun. Um, yeah, I was kind of... i kind of rap with it. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. I've got, hey, I've got a surprise for you guys. What do you got?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh,
3: shit! You guys can put like a Morgan Freeman-like voice there going, Andy Lee took his top off and revealed a Carlton jumper from 1997. The Eminem blue the one. The Eminem blue one. Now, for people who are too young to remember this... Carlton sold out back in the day, back before back before selling out was every week, um, and was one of the first clubs yeah. ever to to team up with a candy, and they bought out an M and M this colour. It's kind of what, how would you describe the colour, colour Rosie? Like royal? Bl- no, like sky Shit. blue. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, about yeah to it's to say, awful. It's fucking awful. Yeah. awful yeah. Um, um, not worth the money, maybe. So, <laughs> so they bought out M and Ms the same week as they. This guy's falling asleep. The guy that fell down the stairs—he he might be concussed. Are you I think he's in okay, trouble, man? Are you actually? Are you, do are we need you, to do Are a, you
2: okay?
1: Can I just have an eye test? He actually. Well, I think he's in a bit of trouble, then, yeah. right?
0: Are you okay, dude? Do we need to keep an eye on you? You're,
3: right? You're
0: sure, you okay, right? you right. no. sure? Okay, that no. was no. legitimate
3: no. concern. That was—I wasn't going for a comedy bit. It was legitimate concern that you yeah. were just. Have anyway. you
0: had N done before the show? <laughs> like, <are> you... <laughs> Is there an opioid problem in the country? Uh,
3: nah, my hey. friend,
0: my friend in the jacket, that colourful jacket, there. Is that your friend there on your right? Yeah.
3: yeah it's just, your mate.
0: Just keep an eye on him then. You're That's in okay. charge. You're in charge. We're not responsible. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Good, good. We're
3: in showbiz, so we don't give a fuck. But, <laughs> but if you just want to keep an eye in case he has, um, yeah. So yeah, they they bought they bought out M and M's the same colour as this the same week Carlton went out in 1997, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and wore this top. Did, and you bought that at the time? I didn't buy it at the time. Okay. This is a real top. This is someone's oh, playing this is a player. top. Oh, no way. Yes. 36,
1: is that Aaron Hamill?
3: It's Aaron Hamill. Aaron no Hamill. way. <laughs> no wonder he tossed it aside. He didn't give a fuck about <laughs> yeah. the Blues, did he? Yeah. So how
0: do you come across that?
3: Um, they. This was a while back. The Blues, first time I'd kind of started, um, you know, doing a bit more stuff with the Blues. And they said, hey, can you come and do this event? Um, you know... We could pay. I said, don't worry about paying me, but, just, yeah. if, but, if, but I love them so much. If you found anything that you think might be of interest, um, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd love to have it. it like could, a it
1: could paper be... bag with 200 grand in it yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is Greg Williams's last
2: payment, <laughs> so thank you. Exactly. Yeah, a glass yeah. of McMombs <laughs> says <laughs> <as> tears. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, Bolton's he... squatty potty, yeah. like whatever <laughs> you need. Know. Yeah. And then the, they gave me this. They gave Great. me this top.
1: Yeah. Now, you, you and I are in a WhatsApp group for the Blues, yeah. um, which is pretty exciting. But you, uh, like, we're you're in a sanctum with Carlton. Now you have been in coaches' briefings.
3: Mm. How the fuck does that happen? (laughs) Like, Uh, well, they're clutching at straws. They could, yeah, (laughs) they wanted any suggestions earlier on the season. (laughs) Um, So that was with Brendan Bolton, wasn't it? I've been in there with Bolts and with Teague. Uh, Yeah, it's um, it's, that's amazing. It's great fun. It's it's really interesting hearing uh, a team's plans. And then actually seeing whether they executed or not. Yeah. Uh, so Bolt to be this like, guys are, this guy's yeah. really laughing. Bolt would be like, go out and lose by six goals. And they yeah. like, done, we can do it. And so I'm going, yes. Can they, we please, they,
0: can we just remember? We've got a couple oh, no, of no,
2: coming
3: no. up after. Oh, no, we fucking love Daisy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do love Daisy. Well, I, I'll give you a good example. Was like, so briefings by
0: pretty much addresses. Yeah, so
3: essentially. Picture? I can't share what they're saying, but yep. essentially, the, the the team gets briefed, and and then we kind of wander in and hear the exact same briefing. So like uh, when they're there, all like pumping themselves up, and so it's a chance for people that you know love the blues to get more of an insight of what they're yeah, trying yeah. to achieve when they're out there. And, and yeah. I'm sure other clubs do a similar thing. Um, but there's, it's it's an interesting thing because you watch the game completely differently. Yeah. You no. Know, and and a good example might be like which I'm allowed to share now, but something like I might walk away from a game and go, fucking Brock McLean, he did this and that, and that from back in the day, but knowing that he was injured or was playing a negative role and only had to stop this person doing this or, you know, kept the rotation going or something like that where you can watch a game and it's not about just possessions and all these things they're doing. Yep. Um, even decision making on the field, you're like, I know why they're trying to do that. And, then, and it makes it, Pretty interesting to watch, yeah. Yeah, right. And have
1: you sat in the coach's box?
3: I have. Yeah, yeah. How's that? It's intense. And yeah. was that for bolts or? Bolt. For... I've, I've done three with bolts. Haven't uh, haven't been in there with Teague. So I must be the uh, I must be the Moz, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's again like nothing. I've, I've, Hamish and I always talk about the fact that you know we've been really fortunate with the radio show, etc. But the best thing I find about um, what, we've, what we've done is this access, you suddenly find yourself in places you couldn't imagine. Absolutely. And I love sports so much, so they're my favourite m- memories. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, a chance to sit in a coach's box at it the starts. It's really, it was the most intense sporting experience I've, I've had and I've been through a lot of different things because right at the start of the game, the chat to find out where the other team are going where they're going to play with so many swing players these days, your lights, and your blitz sales, and all these type of players, they can be at any end, and they're all, all the communication is just wild, at, particularly at the start of the game, as they're trying to work out where everyone's settling and and how they're going to combat it. It's um it's pretty cool.
1: And do the line coaches have much input into like do they say to Bolt we should do this and this and he's like oh maybe.
3: Yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> well no, no, that was actually a good point. I was going to. Is, is Bolt the one talking the most, or is there other people feeding information to him and he makes the um,
3: call? look I, I, I know for a fact that it difference it really differs between coaches um and so but what i did find interesting is they've got um they they're watching they've got people behind them watching it on screens and every every camp would have this um that that are what they call coding individual moments okay. and they're not off the the screen like we watch it um yeah. not the channel 7 feed no behind it's the goals vision <laughs> yeah. it's It's a whole ground feed so you can see where everyone's going. And different coaches, if something's happened and they're trying to work out why, will yell out, code it. And so these people behind them are clipping up that exact moment so when there's a next stoppage, they then send it to their own individual screen so that individual line coach can press play and watch the six seconds of when the incident happened and go, Mm -hmm. all right, Ed Curnow followed in where he probably should have stayed back. Can we get a message to make sure that he's ca- you know, covering behind? Those type of things. And that's happening real time, constantly. Well, fuck that's detail. Yeah. yeah. So they definitely rely on those line coaches to feed information. Um, there's times where they might be feeling like someone's out of the game. Uh, can we get them back in the game? But a line coach might say, we could pull them back into the middle, but our midfield's actually winning at the moment, so do we want to risk disrupting that? So they're constantly having those conversations. And, yeah, it's... It, when quarter time comes, you know, you have the option of going... Or half time, you have the option of going down to see what they're going to say. Yeah. And I've never done it because I'm so exhausted yeah. from <laughs> listening. So I can't think of how they would be feeling as far as the mental capacity by the end of the game. And
0: were they tight games? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So it goes um, for the whole
3: two hours. It's just tense, tense, tense. And also then if the game's not tight, um, which we've been used to from time <laughs> to time, um, they're still thinking about... uh you know, are we still trying to win or are we trying to protect uh, a bad loss? Because percentage plays such in such a tight competition. Yeah, the AFL we is. could have
1: finished 15th if we had yeah. just <laughs> closed it down a bit more. Yeah. yeah,
3: but but it's an interesting thing, particularly um, early in the season. Yeah. You know, there'll be a moment, and days you'll be able to talk to this more far more than me, but there'll be a moment where they're going, are we still trying to win? Yeah. Because you always risk a much heavier loss still trying to win. And you might get two or three goals. And what I like... Uh, particularly uh, with Carl and the ones I was in there, they were still trying to win. They they were done with honourable losses. Yeah. And you, but you it, that reflects. It's a bigger decision for a coach because it can reflect much worse than going. Oh, we went down by eight points. We went down by thirty points. Yeah. Mm. What you know? What the fuck happened? It's like well, we we were still going balls out and trying to win it. Yeah.
0: Can we delve into a bit of cricket? So I think last time we talked to you in the pod, you had a bit of. Uh, Time of the Australian team by the fact that you were almost like brought in as like a joke teller. where they bring people in as a joke teller.
3: Yeah, it was. It was Lehman actually was um, was the coach at the time that he introduced a joke where it started with the players. They'd have to tell a joke to everyone before they started the game, and just a way to take their mind. They've done the preparation, take their mind off that, and ease the tension, and and start a bit of a ritual. So like um, David Warner's one was like, "Hey guys, I don't have sandpaper today." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Get on you, Dave. Yeah. Where is it, mate? Where is it? I know, it's somewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Boof was like, I've quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Boof. Good one. <laughs> you fat fuck.
3: Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Boxing Day test. Um, Hamish told the joke for them and they started bringing in different people and, and I did the Boxing Day test as well and then Buff rang me before the, um, the World Cup final and so an opportunity to be out on the MCG. It's it's kind of like thirty five minutes before they start. So it's pretty packed. Hundred thousand people there. Yeah. Um, Is that your biggest crowd? Biggest crowd I've performed in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hundred thousand and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, so yeah, that again going back to how excited I get about those opportunities. Totally. Um, and so. Uh, it, was, it was pretty cool to go out tell a joke thankfully they laugh, laughed and um, and then yeah obviously I inspired them to go and win it which was uh, handy uh, you, your name's on the trophy too the should be, be. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and you've taken in a bit of the ashes test
3: yeah I went across to um, to Edgbaston watched the first one uh, and then went to Lords as well um, I took my dad my brother to uh, Edgbaston test and we were going to go four days we ended up going all
0: the Australians walking around going there's fucking Mick Malthouse <laughs> <laughs>
2: What the fuck's Eddie doing with (laughs) that?
3: And, um, I mean, the Edgbaston crowd, and and sorry for boring people if you're not cricket fans, but they are funny but brutal, and they sing all day long, right? All day long.
0: And this is test one, by the way. This is test number one. This is like everyone's anticipating
3: Warner Smith walking out. Steve Smith walks out, and there would be 6,000 people that just go... We saw you crying on the telly <laughs> Fucking hell we saw, telly. <laughs> we saw you crying on the telly We saw you crying on the telly We saw you crying on the telly That's a good song For ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it, it, yeah. Just in case you didn't get yeah. it yeah. Then Warner gets put to deep, you know, deep mid wicket In front of the crowd. He's got the sandpaper <laughs> in his hands He's got the sand Ten minutes You know <laughs> Then it was just then it was just got back to this. You know what you are. You know what you are. You cheating bastard. You know what you are. <laughs> Ten minutes of that Fucking on up. repeat. So like they were really up against it. Um, we kind of sat there and going, "Shit, can we think of anything funny?" Yeah, just yeah. Just The four of us to sing yeah. back. Aussie, um, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Oh God, that is good. So, so there's about a, there's about a thousand probably are, you know a, a, a Australian fans that go. But no one can fucking afford to go to England. It's so far away. But yeah. let alone, the tickets are £160. Pounds, so like 300 bucks. So Fuck. It's all old fuckers that are sitting there yeah. watching. So they're not going to sing. Yeah. Um, and then there's this one old bloke that stood up and goes, we hadn't sung anything. We'd been berated the whole time. Steve Smith just made a ton after we were 8 for 122. This old guy gets up as they're coming out to bat and just goes... Island bowled you out for
2: 85.
3: <laughs> Island bowled you. And then the whole stand stood up and a thousand people. Island bowled you out. Island bowled you out. Island bowled you out for 85. So it was great. Look, you, you know, you drink the entire time. Yeah. Um, the English, I don't know whether sunscreen exists over there yet, but they become redder and redder over the pig. But I said to my, we, we left after, at the end of day three, and I said to my dad, oh, look, mate, great time. Sorry, we couldn't go to fourth day. And my dad, after three days of drinking with us, just went, it would have <laughs> fucking killed I'm okay. me. Yeah. And then Australia was so great on day four, he texted me at the end of it and said, it would have been the way I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: And you got to go to the recent Lord's Test.
3: Yeah, I went to the recent Lord's Test. The, the, day one got washed out and, and, uh, and Beck, I, th- uh, I thought I'd better go see my girlfriend after just hanging out with my, my mates for, uh, for a couple of weeks. But Beck and I were um, away in Spain. And the game, got, day one got washed out and then we got bowled out cheaply. Then we bowled them out for 67 and I was like, fuck, we've got to get back for this. So full credit to my girlfriend. We got a boat from Full Mintera. In Spain at 4:30 in the morning to be able to get a flight. Jesus, boat, An hour boat to a flight to get to England to get to Lords, and uh, I texted Cricket Australia and said, "Hey, I'm going to try and make a dash for this because this looks like a pretty exciting." Test What's station. Cricket Australia's number, by the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you get
0: to? Did you? Cause you're, did you get to go in the long room there at Lords?
3: Didn't go to the long room. We're in this. We're in this. we, we, we get in there and and this this special room which I was. I was completely underdressed for because everyone's in Jacket's tie and I'm just... Got to wear a collar. You're yeah, wearing you gotta... a blue, blue M&M <laughs> <laughs> and um, And we got a drink and, and Beck and I are trying to look past this old band bald man's head and Beck's like, oh, I wish this guy would move. Turn around, it's John Howard.
2: No oh, hey. really?
3: <laughs> <Fuck it laughs> So we, we went and took a seat and in front of us um, was a guy called Neil Harvey who was the, yeah. the last remaining Invincible, played alongside Don Bradman and uh, hearing his stories, sitting alongside, you know, John Howard and it's Beck and I and a few beers and, and, uh, and a few pims. It was, re- it, was, it, was, it was really fun. Not normally my style, as, as you know. I prefer it being in the outer, but it was great fun. And then Beck's looking across at the, at the long room and all the members and, and all them dressed up. And Beck said, oh, God, I'd love to go in there. And I said, I'm not sure if women are allowed in there yet. Uh, they oh, changed? really? I don't know
0: what the... There That's was for a while. actually a good question. I have been in there and I, I think... They are allowed, and when I say they, that sounds awful.
3: <laughs> no, but I, I well, I know that ima- times might change, but I know yeah. more the recently, ladies weren't invited yet. But, right. um, so I said to Beck, uh, you may have to get some kind of change. Um, I'm pretty certain yes, because my mum went in there.
1: Yes, that's
0: right because my, yeah, because I went over there
1: for Lord. You're pretty me. certain because your mum went in. No, there. I, <laughs> she's. She's a woman. No,
0: 2005, I went over there for Lords because I'm doing very well. And, um, you know, make your fucking members jokes, mate. And I went in there with my brother, my dad, my mum because I remember um, uh, uh, a certain Australian player walked past and mum said, who's that? And my brother said, that's Ricky Ponton, the captain of Australia.
3: (laughs) She loved the experience. Well, there you go. I apologise then to uh, to casting doubt on the fact that they've uh, allowed women, but we didn't see a single one. (laughs) Yeah. Annie Lee, misogynist,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, should we bring our next guest out? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you're great. Hey, okay. folks, uh, we are absolutely the best to uh, have watched this man over his lengthy career. He's written, finished last week in great style, handing his jumper over to the fan at the end of the game. Please welcome on stage one of the champions of the game, Dale Daisy Thomas. Yeah.
3: The, uh... Here you go, mate. Here you go, mate. Fancy, fancy red, mate. With us. Yeah. Hey! Daisy just sculled one of the three red wines we gave him. I'll help you out with this <laughs> one.
0: I'm offering a beer. Mate, how's the week of being a free
1: man going? Oh, hey, it's uh, it's been a big week. Um... LAUGHTER now, you, you've retired, you've finished at Geelong, and you got a limo back from Cadinia Park, is that right? Well, yeah, so they scheduled me last game at Cadinia Park. Yeah. So freaking rude. <laughs> uh,
4: the farewell tour. So I'm sitting there figuring out how to get all, all my family and friends. lucky I only had 14 that fit in a limo. So <laughs> I um, loved it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's the guy with the concussions. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> he was
3: in the limo. <laughs> <Where were> we? <laughs>
2: He's just getting Mike Chamberlain's book title (laughs) jokes
3: right
0: now. Oh, Harry Taylor and the Philosopher's Stone. (laughs)
3: You're
0: right. Clifford is a big red low dog tongue. You're right, mate. You're right. (laughs) Sorry to Daisy's
4: daughter, by the way. Uh, I need this guy in my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, finished up, gave the family jumper, uh, said a few words, and then jumped in a limo and... Started smacking beers, perfect. I was going to say,
1: have you been sober
4: since, since you uh, retired? Well, yeah, I, Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> but um, I sort of, I hit a big wall. It was a big couple of weeks, obviously, getting told I was going to retire and then having to play for two more weeks. Sort of, usually yeah. you retire and then you don't play. So I started the farewell tour and it was an emotional couple of weeks. It was sort of, and then the end, last game, I was like, shit, that's it.
3: So, yeah. yeah. With, the, with the throwing the jumper off, Which is obviously great. Emotional is awesome, by the way. But do you ever get the next day and go, "Fuck, I would have loved that (laughs) jump." Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I could have sold that for a bit.
0: For those those who that would have paid for the limo. For those who who didn't see it, there was a fan at the entrance saying, um, "With a sign, wasn't it?" Yeah, Yeah. with a sign saying, "Daisy Thomas, can I please have you jump it?" Along those lines, and you was cold. and you very kindly
2: handed yeah, over. Yeah,
0: well, I, I was literally, I was walking, got carried off, chaired
4: off, and then I turned around and none of the bastards had followed me down the race. So I, <laughs> started, I was standing like a spare dick and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I looked up and this bloke's got a sign and hopefully it was his kid who made the sign because it was not very eligible handwriting. i thought, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, good on you, champion. You go have it. I don't need it anymore.
0: And so you say a few words to the players after the game?
4: Yeah, I said a few words. Um... As soon as I retired, I already told them how good I was. You know, everyone gets better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told them I was already good, so now they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, so, the legend grows. Um, <laughs> but, no, uh, just, you know, the, the standard shit on the way out the door. Thank me parents, thanks, um, you know, the missus and the boys and, you know, all that. So all the clichés you can roll out in the club. So thanks to the club, thanks for sucking me, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you know, the
4: only bloke in history to have 32 touches and get sacked three days later. <laughs>
1: Because your game against St Kilda was a fucking ripper. I mean...
4: That was me problem, I was too good.
1: (laughs) I mean, we can cut it
0: out, and there's only 150 of your closest friends right here. If you want to call David Teague any kind of word that you want to call him, we're more than welcome to hear it.
4: No, um, I don't think you had the job then, so I think it's more the board I've got the beef with. But I don't have any beef, I'm going out peacefully.
2: What is that (laughs)
0: process? Sounds like it. (laughs) I don't have a grudge. What is that process, though? So you get a call and a come Uh, into a meeting and there's... No, who's, who's in that room? No, it was it was at my house. So I
4: um I put it. It was a shit of a day. We had a um my missus's nanos funeral in the morning, oh, and the, just for uh kick a man while he's down. Yeah, um, sure. yeah, they had their um whatever they called list committee meeting, yada yada, where they all the blokes sit in the room and I got a uh, call from Stephen Silvani. He said I'm coming round, and I was like, fuck, I went that well, did it. <laughs> And Sorry. when was this? How how early in the season was this? or was this No, this was when the, tu- you announced? the Tuesday yeah, of, right. um,
3: what was that, three weeks ago now? Yeah.
4: Before the second last game.
3: The classic move, break up with the girlfriend at their house so you can leave. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> when it's at your house, you're like, fuck, how yeah. the hell am I going to get her out of here? Jimmy Bartell's got it down <laughs> pat. <Yeah. laughs>
1: Cry first so they've got nowhere <laughs> yeah, to go. Yeah. <laughs> now, you uh, you've had a big week and you spent... A day with the whiz, Warwick Kappa. Talk us. The how, how difficult is it? And by that I mean really fucking easy to hire Warwick Kappa. Do you just go, Warwick? Are you? And he goes, I'm there. Yeah. I um,
4: I can do it. Uh, well, so in my first ever press conference at Carlton, they said you picked 39. Why so? Yeah. I said he's sure, I'm Warwick Kappa. By the time I'd walked out of that press conference, I had a text from Warwick Kappa
3: <laughs> saying, "Gappa." <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was spelt <laughs> wrong but still <laughs> yeah. there
1: was a couple of emojis in the middle of yeah. you it you got there. K-A-Triple-P-R <laughs>
4: so uh, from then on we sort of had this mutual uh, FaceTiming friendship of FaceTiming FaceTime, any Anytime any I was pissed with the boys i were like
2: let's get back.
4: because <laughs> everyone like, like Warren Gabba, what a legend yeah, and, absolutely like, the boys like bullshit you got he's dumb bullshit he answers next we he's like get <laughs> back. <laughs>
0: So you, you dressed up so as Warwick I, at Mad so Monday I, yeah, and then
4: Warwick was there as well. I always had two, two endings. I was either... One of them I was going to go with Hugh Hefner and bring a couple of um, ladies of the night, but I thought, potentially... Probably, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 Judging from that response, good move, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and the other one was Kappa, so I texted him, I said, Wiz, what are your thoughts? I'll come as you, you come as me, perfect. Driving to his house on Monday morning, hardly been to bed for a couple of days, I'm sitting there and this is a shock. <laughs> what, <laughs> what have I done? And literally opened the door, all the demons in the world, he's just standing there, full face of makeup, just goes, Kappa. <laughs> I like, went back.
1: Was he fun to hang out with?
4: He was awesome, he was, he was, gener- he was my hype boy for the day. Not
3: yeah. like this bloke, except... <laughs> Less high or whatever (laughs) Potentially not We had had a segment on the radio back in the day Which is probably illegal um, (laughs) And stopped really quickly But it was called Force Connect We called the segment Hamish and I, right? I thought
1: it was your other one smoking ice on air
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I love that seg (laughs) That's a good show So the idea was They had just put in
3: a second phone line (laughs) What's the mystery sound? It's something (laughs) they put in a barrel Yeah They just put a second phone line in the studio so you could call, call two people at once. Okay. And so what we were doing is just finding random celebrity numbers that we thought were funny and just calling them both at once and then they both thought they'd called each other. <laughs> and we did Warwick Capper and Pauline Hanson.
2: <laughs> oh, no way!
1: No way! Yes. Mate, you don't need to confuse Warwick Capper like that. It's not, it, it's still
3: and not he be And he answers exactly like you are saying. He's like, Capper. LAUGHTER and Pauline's going, "Is that you, Warwick?" <laughs> Warwick, Warwick, is that you?" And she's like, Pauline <laughs> and They have the most cr- the crazy conversation. I think Warwick would have been pissed because he just started talking about himself, uh, And then Hayman and I went, "I don't think we could put that
2: together.")
3: <laughs> now, you've
1: had some pretty big, mad Mondays. There was a the one where you were quite dressed up after the 2010 Premiership. But there's one story I want to run past you. We may not put this to air, so this might just be for the room. Now, you're at Carlton. Uh, you went as Super Mario. Yes. Yeah. So you were on an a, a old person's cart, and you rode that down the street to the pub, and then at one point, Chris Jubb was going around and uh, doing this and that. If he liked your outfit, and if he didn't like it, he had to skull, right? And apparently your is that, is that
0: basically he's good call, bad call? Yeah, yeah.
1: You were on the cart, on the bar, and then Juddy went like that to you, and you just rode the cart off the edge of the bar. Yes, well, that's yeah. So that's how
4: it went down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I went and bought an old person sort of uh, scooter, scooter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, scootery set up, did it all up. Even went to the length of going to buy some bananas that are about forty grand a kilo, <laughs> <laughs> middle of the bloody some cyclone or whatnot. Anyway. I know your contract. You yeah. could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was holding up right. <laughs> yeah. I drove the thing down from Bridge Road. Um, Stop. stopped at the <laughs> On wrong the street, I was pissed. I was throwing banana peels. <laughs> Carrying on like an absolute golly. And anyway, neck minute, the bloody cops pull up and they pulled a car over next to me. I shit myself. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, Drive it in. As you said, you had to get up on the table, yay or nay. So I got the boys to help me up, thinking, you yeah, I've killed this perfect. And Juddy bloody thumbs down me, so oh, well, I may as well just end it. just <laughs> <laughs> Injury? Hurt me elbow. Scooter was rooted. So, <laughs> 350 down the tube. But I, um,
3: I'm not sure. Do you remember the first time we met? Oh, no. know. <laughs> You're a, big, you're a big deal, but sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it vividly because we're at the Hotel Barclay. Uh, Say so no more, of course I remember <laughs> it. Doesn't surprise me that you don't remember it, mate. Was Swanny on the waters? Yeah. Didn't,
1: didn't Swanee have vodka in his water bottle? Uh, it's,
3: no. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: See, the beauty of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Said no, but nodded. yeah. <laughs>
3: And then just uh, gave it away. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: so, da- Dale's,
0: <laughs> do you mind if
3: I have, uh, can I have a red? Yeah. <laughs> Daisy's come up to me and gone, this is a bit earlier on, it's like, hey mate, you can't say anything. You can't say anything. It's like, yeah, sure, I won't say anything. It's like, but I'm coming to Carlton. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm coming to Carlton. Cut to two hours later, he's taken my Carlton scarf off me, <laughs> standing on the bar, singing the Carlton theme song. <laughs> well, the,
4: yeah. So I hope he didn't say anything for those two hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can we
0: talk about the glory days for a bit? Yeah. Because I want to stress how amazing player Daisy was. Talon's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Still is. Still is. And Ross Lyon said you were the best player in the comp in 2010. Yeah, that's why I was glad he didn't get the job. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: would have still been playing. Uh, but that no. period,
0: so you got drafted in 2005, if I remember correctly, a number two pick, a priority pick at the time, which is quite remarkable when you think about that now. The players have two years out of two years in grand final in a row. Get a priority pick from you. I think Pendle's got the same year picked up as well, which yep. you know forms that two thousand ten team. Put your hand down, yeah. and uh, <laughs> unless you require help, <laughs> <laughs> you guys build up to that. You play prelims two thousand seven, two thousand nine. You play in that grand final, the draw and grand final. Can you take us through that draw and grand final, like from the from the start, from the pre match entertainment all the way through to when that siren goes? Did you yeah. initially know it was a draw? Did you think fuck? We won, or did you know it was a draw? Well, it's, a, it's such
4: a bizarre week in general. Like, Obviously, as a kid, that's all I'd ever dreamt of was uh, firstly playing AFL footy and then the opportunity to play in a grand final. So we beat Geelong in the prelim by 90-odd points. At, you know, half-time it was pretty much in the books we were going to be in a grand final. Who so. did you grow up
1: barracking for? I
4: grew up barracking for Geelong. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. And so you were a massive Gary Ablett senior fan? Massive Gary Ablett senior fan. More I think I read on
0: Wikipedia, he used to recreate his marks. And yeah, the like.
4: yep. Not so much his off-field behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Again, podcast, Kappa. <laughs>
2: um,
4: but no, that, so we did the, you know, trained, I think we're getting twenty to 30,000 people at training. Yeah, that's like, incredible. So it was freaking mad. And, you know, Collingwood supporters, 20,000 of them in a condensed area, hectic. Like, <laughs> lock up your, yeah, daughters, hectic, lock up your yeah. daughters, lock up your <laughs> cars, lock up your cars, just lock your shit up. <laughs> um, and then did the parade, which was awesome. And then you sort of, I remember going to bed and it's like, you know, you sort of slept a bit uh, restless but hoped we'd win. Somewhat of an understanding that, Christ, we might lose. So, But you sort of press that aside, just concentrate, you know, oh, we'll j- just give it everything. And were it you super- confident? Yeah, we well, were super confident. But I was sort of a young, brash kid. I knew, yeah, yeah. I knew nothing else. Um,
1: now you've changed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 <I> really. <laughs> you've matured. I just yeah. wish that confident Daisy would come back. <laughs>
4: yeah. And then the siren goes and it's a freaking draw. Yeah. Um, and, you, like, it's the last quarter of any game you're rooted. It's a grand final. You've literally put your head in places you shouldn't. It's just, like, yeah. not Hoppawatu style, but, like, just <laughs> in, terms of,
1: in terms of contest. <laughs> OK, we need that guy. Yeah, get he's... Some help. He's me boy. Can we get a medic? He's our designated driver, by the way, <laughs> so um, it's um, going to be a fun trip home, everybody. Yeah. No, but
4: that, it was done, so we all just sort of laid there and there was a hundred or so thousand people. And it was eerie. It was silent. It was, it was eerie. Silent. No one knew what to do. And,
1: felt- and Lenny Hayes getting the, the Norm Smith, you're just like, I oh, don't even bother. Like, yeah, it, like,
4: no, I was like, bother, because I played well. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because you are, I, think if, I think you might have finished third in both of the both of the grand finals. You were just essentially the most consistent player of those two games. But then weird things that you had to go, you couldn't go into your rooms because they were flooded, yeah, so you had to go to the other side of the ground. There was
4: a uh, sewerage problem, which was... Shitty oh. property. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, oh. thank you. Um, bloody, d- <laughs> bloody, chopper. Um, yeah, so just all these bizarre shit happened. It was just a sequence
3: of events of just strange, strange happenings. It, I'm not sure if you guys felt this, but you know, from an unbiased football fan, I, I, I thought when St Kilda get, didn't get it done, then they were never going to get it. I'm not sure yeah, how, how you guys felt as a playing group, but it, it felt like Collingwood absolutely were the favourites. For the for the next one.
1: No, but everyone talked about St Kilda because they came back. Like you guys led and then St Kilda kinda of came back, so they thought they had the momentum. That I thought St Kilda might win it. Yeah, yeah right.
4: we we sort of went in the whole week was sort of I reckon we went as close as you could to losing a grand final yep. without actually having it having lost it. And they were the opposite. They were as close as you could ever be without of winning one, without actually winning it. And I reckon that was just yep. our whole mindset of the week was
1: shit we got away with one there and And what was that so week I like? Was right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that work like? They didn't have another parade or anything, no, did they? No, they didn't. No, that was spewing. It's a just, bit more daisy time would have been yeah. nice <laughs> in the back
4: of the car. <laughs> all my friends. But uh, no, we, we tried to make it as normal as possible. But again, yeah. like, so the hype grows.
3: Do you, do you review that match? Like, is... Because is, obviously after every very... Well, never you have to play the same team twice in two weeks unless it's obviously round 23 in a final. But do so you, you do, yeah, yeah you <laughs> quite often, probably. Uh,
0: Andy, I think you find you are wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one all. Uh, the, um,
3: but do you do you review that match like closely, or is it is it like the normal process? Uh, well, back then there wasn't so much of an
4: um, intense review process as it was now. But we did review it. There were so many lessons that we learnt that we then were able to implicate and I guess put to, um, you know, out on the ground that led us to win it. So, and we did it comfortably in there and we sort of sat up for the photo.
0: And your relationship with Mick. Mick loved you and you loved Mick.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that was part of the kind of uh, reason to go into Carlton? Oh, well, yeah, That's that fun.
4: and the fact that I sort of got the old foot in the back from Collingwood to some extent. Um, so, I had a bad ankle injury. I tried to come back. I had to play one game in the VFL because we were about to start a finals campaign. So, I needed to get through one game, rolled an ankle and then sort of... Um, It wasn't the same injury but it was bad and then i sort of had to see surgeons and it was you know do we want you yeah you can stay but um and it was like you know what i might go explore my options and that's when i seriously started thinking about going to carlton and there i ended up but uh for mick i sort of i grew up without a dad pretty much from about the age of 13. so to come into the afl environment i had to move down from the country i was a young brash kid sort of had the blonde hair and i didn't really know what was going on it said it was going to take. I was lived in Williamstown, which is 12 ks from the city, so I allowed 15 minutes to get to train on the first day. <laughs> what a dickhead! <laughs> um, so he just sort of like took me under his wing, and uh, from there it was sort of a mutual respect of, um, you know, he was trying to teach me life lessons, football lessons, and just a, a great mentor, I guess. In such, you know, everyone sees the prickly old bastard that speaks to the media, but I got a sort of father figure out of it, and as someone I'll uh, forever be grateful for not only meeting, but someone who shaped the way I I played the game. Was it hard
3: then when he ended up...
0: Yeah, ran for Mick, eh? Yeah. Or, a.k.a. Andy's dad.
3: Yeah. Um, Was it hard when he finished up then at Carlton? Was that a strange time for you? It was a little bit strange because he was sort of
4: apologising to me that he was finishing up, which is a... A bit of a weird one but I was like mate relax like I was balls and all in this process you know yeah. I was I was more than up for it so um look it, it didn't go to plan obviously no. I thought we could come across and I'd play the footy that I had played um at Collingwood and he'd be the coach and we'd go on they'd played finals that
1: year and it'd just be onwards and upwards but I guess uh, as they say that's footy yeah what was it like coming to Carlton like you had the, the serious ankle injury and you said it was like uh kicking the footy was like hitting it tennis ball with a thong, so you you obviously couldn't do what you wanted to do. How, how much of a struggle was that for you, like, day to day?
4: Yeah, it was, it sucked um, because I was still good enough to play yeah. but
1: nowhere near the output yeah. or, or the You couldn't expect- do what you wanted to do.
4: Or what was expected of me. Yeah. So there's one side of me that sh- probably should have been selfish and gone, you know what, I'll, I'll wait and get this right and maybe take six months and let it all be yeah, yeah. Um
2: but, but you're competitive. And, and, yeah, and the yeah. same
4: token, I was like, well, I can still play the game, it's just you know, they knew that it wasn't going to be my best for another year. Yep. it was just the external shit was coming, and it was coming from everywhere. So, and you can't once you declare yourself fit to play, you can't then put your hand up and go, "No, look, it's you know, just I'm go, easy, person, go yeah. easy on me today." My foot's a bit sore still. Um, yeah. So, in that regard, it was some some really tough times. And coming from Collingwood, where it had all been an upward, um, well, just an upward spiral, I guess, from getting drafted to winning premierships to being one of the better players in the comp, yeah. to then being at the bottom of your game. And getting slammed from everywhere—it was a foreign experience. But again, it's sort of one that shapes you. And yeah. then you get to the last couple of years when you start playing good footy again, really enjoying Absolutely. it. And it sort of goes full circle. I feel like I got to repay the Blues and the, the fans. And I feel like um, you know the way that I was playing, they really started to love and appreciate. And Absolutely, that's um, you know that's the way you sort of want to go out, I guess. So that's yeah. why I sort of rest easy.
3: And there was a moment when you decided to not entertain the trigger clauses, is that right? Like that? I mean, for people who don't know, there was... Obviously, at the start, a lot of Carlton fans who didn't know you would be going, what the fuck is this guy doing? Why isn't he out there playing? Why isn't he as good as he was at Collingwood? That kind of turned around. No Carlton fan would ever question your endeavour, but certainly when you decided to go, let's not worry about that, Will we'll, the, the, the contract side of things, all Carlton fans got behind... That part, and wow. you knock back
1: the money, which is why you're doing a live podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah. um, no, but, but is was that a hard decision or that an easy one? What's how'd that go down? Well, it was just I just felt it was the right decision. Um,
1: yep.
4: It was a weird time. I. As I said, you know, I came across and everyone says, oh, it was big money, it was whatever. Well, at the time, you know, you're only worth what someone's going to pay you. And at that point, I was a good player, so in my eyes, I deserved it. So I'm not apologetic about that in any sense. But by the time it came round, that there was a chance that I was literally limping to the line to hit this trigger. Yeah. I was like, you know, this doesn't sit too well with me. I'm not here to, you know fill my pockets why the clubs were getting beaten by 100 points every week oh yep. this is bullshit this is not why I play the game um, so I went in and I saw the club and I said look well, I spoke to my manager and I said look mate just tell them you know stuff they Play me on merit I don't want you know drop the trigger clause if they want me at the end of the year I'll play for whatever it is but um, you know in terms of the the cash and whatever it is put that aside put that to someone else and let's start going places so good on you mate yeah, that's great,
2: great.
3: Just on that, I totally agree that a player's price is actually reflective of what they've done. It's not what they're about to do. Yeah, that, totally. That's, that wasn't meant to be a joke. Yeah. That, no, no, I agree. Yeah. And, and people forget that. People go, you know, Tom Boyd, all these things, like, hang on, he's on the million, he should be doing yeah, this. Like, yeah. No, no, no. It, the, whatever someone's getting paid reflects what they were worth at that time and probably represents what they've yeah. done, not what they're about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's hard to get your head around that at time to time. I keep telling the radio stations that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: can we delve quickly into the Rat Pack?
1: Yes, please. Can we do Woo! the Rat Pack?
2: Yeah! How of, much fun was it? One
0: of the official members of the Rat Pack. So, yeah. the Rat Pack comprised of, what, Swanee, Ben Peter Johnson. Shaw, ben Johnson. Yeah, well, I was sort of I got there. And three there. Did, yeah.
4: <laughs> Comancheros. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um, I got there late, so. You know, the, the boys had sort of certainly founded the, uh, the community that was the Rat Pack. Um, so I was sort of an honorary member for a couple of years. Um, you held your own, mate. I yeah. <laughs> I did. I got away with a lot of stuff, which was good. <laughs> sort of, I think my first actual offence of being caught was drinking red wine. Um, <laughs> and that was only two or three glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. Well, there's
0: Well, there's a quote here from Ben Johnson... Uh, we eat, we drink, we party hard. Yeah, you, it says, you call, yourself, you call yourselves pigs or piglets. So you have to, you have to earn your pig status. Is that something that uh, sounds familiar? Yeah, no,
4: that's probably, you know, Ben's probably not the greatest linguist of the group. <laughs> but, um, no, look, we, we certainly had a good time. We, we believe, I feel that we were probably the hardest trainers of the group. Um, but we probably also had the most fun off the field. But all, all we did was, all we knew was winning. Well that's yeah. all I knew. I yeah. came into a club that played finals every year, so there was some, and it was a bit backwards back then. It was sort of the old school: you played, you went out, and then you rocked up the train. and If you went out, you changed your guts out, yeah. and you did again, and that sort of
3: made us good. So, if can, it you, ain't broke, can you, can you, um, so. could you do it in this day and age? Like, not you personally, um, but could it, could it exist in this day and age? That type of thing. Uh, well. I mean, Stephen May has one fucking beer and yeah. he's No,
1: I actually
4: it. I don't think it could. There's sort of there'd be too much, um, not just the media jumping on it, but like people jumping on it as well. And then for some reason, there's a weird fascination from the public of trying to take people down, which just fucking blows my mind. Like just let people live and have a good life. Yeah, my, Adam, my fucking d- let them do it. <laughs> well, no, because you. I don't want to <laughs> look at you, but you're an arsehole! <laughs> you're no. one of the
1: last players, like with personality, because so many players are robots and they just. Don't do that kind of yeah, well shit e- Even that, like, I probably went that time I was
4: speaking about where I was getting slammed from everywhere, I didn't want to leave the house. I yeah. Because there'd be people. I'd go and have a beer, and people were like, "What are you doing? You haven't had a kick for three years, you yeah. dickhead. Why are you having a beer?" Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I said that. It's fucking Thursday.
2: <laughs>
3: it's Thursday. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> we went home. Um, do, do things like you know one or two or three red wines. Do, do they come up though, and the and the and the and the past come up when we're talking about getting renewed this year, when you're still absolutely playing well enough to be on anyone's list, I would say. Do those type of things, go, you look back at those, reflect them and go, oh, maybe if I pulled my head a bit more, I, I could be still playing? Nah, no, not at all, to be completely honest. Um,
4: I've had a pretty good run. If two or three red wines are going to undo 258 games of football, yeah. well, I'm probably not the one that should still be playing, to be completely honest. The game's obviously gone. If that's the decision that was made, which I, I, don't, I hope it wasn't, because that'd be bloody... <laughs> my head's already been scratched, to be scratched even <laughs> harder. But, um, no, look, I, it is, I am still slightly from the, the older mould and the old school mould, but I did the wrong thing on that night. I shouldn't have had a couple the wines at a charity event. That's my fault. Put my hand up, did the wrong thing, crossed. It's, in terms of hangable offences, I wouldn't have thought that's at the upper echelon. Mm. So. But I did get put through the ringer for it. Um, God bless the media, eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can I have one final question? Where do you keep your permission medallion?
4: That's in my top drawer at home. It's broken because I bring it out every time I've had a few with the boys. Scott, <laughs> <laughs> it goes missing that much. I keep losing it. I'm stuck in paranoid. Yeah, it's, it's rooted. <laughs> I wish I had won another one so I could replace it.
0: <laughs> Dale Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Thanks Thank so much,
2: mate.
0: Thank you. Enjoy, your time. Enjoy retirement, man. It's yeah. We'll bring on our final act for this evening. Thank you so much for you guys hanging around. It's very kind of you. Um, I, I just wanted to kind of talk about Andy and Adam, be across this kind of stuff. But, you know, there are, there are just those quotes in football that just live with you ever. You know, they send a, sh- a, a, a kind of a chill down your spine. Obviously, we are in all know uh, John Kennedy uh, Senior, don't think, do. Don't think, do. There's obviously uh, Paul Ruse, you know, holding the cup after 73 years. Here it is! Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you'll remember that forever. But there's one quote, uh, you guys, obviously. I don't need to fucking tell you stuff about it. There's one that puts a chill down my spine. It's, um... Fuck you, Will. <laughs> fucking run, Will. Give it off quick. Mincing it again. Fuck him. Fucking get him off. Get Mincing off. Fuck you, you big shithead. Fuck him. I <sighs> get... this way yeah. we Rodney yeah. That's Michael? How are you mate?
3: That was totally misquoted. <laughs> <laughs> there was three or four more fucks in there. <laughs> <laughs> three,
0: four hundred. What happens when, uh, when a recording like that gets out, uh, rocket?
5: Uh, it wasn't the greatest time, um, I must admit. Um, uh, apart from the family, <laughs> it was... Uh, no, they'd no, never heard this heard swear before. <laughs> not at home, I haven't. No, I must admit. <laughs> um, no, I felt for Will also, so I phoned Will straight away. Um, but what they did, and it was creative genius, I suppose, that uh, the tape was over the whole game, so it was two and a half hours, and they've condensed it, mm. and they've put it on loop a bit,
1: so... Um, so that made it funnier, I suppose. Um. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't It, was, it was more I didn't entertainment. Lie. Could you uh, sleep after a game? Like, if you are that intense in the box the whole game, could you, like, go home and you're just full of adrenaline? Yeah, that was,
5: or? I mean, for Paul, Will, yeah, it yeah. looks like I've, I've done it for a minute, uh, yeah. where it was over, completely over a whole game. Um, um, I was I was quite relaxed before a game. I'd yep. joke with players, um, have a bit of fun. Um Two hours of a game, I was a lunatic. Um, <laughs> then after a game, most of the time, I was pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'd go home and watch the game with my daughter. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, she was 10, 12, 13 at the time. Um, Relax, have a glass of wine, but generally okay. Yeah,
3: okay. But, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're not... And you won't be the last coach to say those things about players. Well, you can
5: see at the moment, they put their hand over the mouth yeah. and that sort of thing. So, unfortunately, I was the first one that's been exposed... Yes, uh,
1: that's... ...publicly, <laughs> so... Um, it's, uh, no, you're not. We can, re- we can lip-read. We've seen yeah, what yeah. No, other, <laughs> re- yeah, other pages are saying. Yeah, heard. Yeah. <laughs> it,
5: uh, yeah. All yeah. So, yeah, so it was a bit of, uh, uh, I suppose a, bit of a negative, unfortunately.
0: Mm. Can I give the tail of the tape for Rocket E right here, OK? Four premierships, 76-78-83-86, over 250 games for Hawthorne and the Brisbane Bears. Coach of Sydney, well, coach, premiership and Reserves at Brisbane and North Melbourne, took Sydney to a grand final, their first grand final in 51 years, took the Bulldogs to the three prelims in a row, which they have never done in the entire history of the club, and they did time at the Suns as well. Can I run through some quick names of people that he's been around? These aren't people he played against, Like, he's been kind of... You are Forrest Gump, my friend, over 40 years. <laughs> Lee Matthews, Don Scott, Gary Ablett Sr., David Parkin, John, Parkin, John Kennedy Sr., Dermy, Dipper, Dunstall, Alan Jeans, Warwick Capper... Chris <laughs> Christopher Scase, Wayne Carey, Tony Lockett, Paul Kelly, Adam Goods, Dennis Pagan, Jason Akinmanis, Brian Lake, Brad Johnson, Daisy Thomas, and new time at Collingwood, Dane Swan, Eddie Maguire, and then finish off with Gary Ablett Jr. It's fucking amazing who you've been around Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what a career. And the other one was Gary Ablett Sr. because I played with Gary Ablett Sr. Uh, that's at, the thing at, I was going to say. You played about five or six games with yeah, Gary yeah, Ablett yeah, Sr. What when was, was that like? young
5: lad. essentially because he's the same town as Daisy. Um... Very interesting time because the Ablett family were very strong footballers. Jeff obviously played two premierships, um, and they, there was three or four brothers. Uh, the Gary was the youngest, and they were really desperate to get him to Hawthorne. So they were really unbelievably, and he wouldn't play. He wouldn't play representative footy for Drew and he wouldn't. He wouldn't turn up for training. So he said to Hawthorne, "This is when he was 18, and 19. This is 1980, 81. So um, nearly 40 years ago." He said, if you give me $200 cash in my hand, I'll play in the seconds. Before the game, lob up. How many weeks later? Six or seven weeks. He bought enough had enough money to buy a dinghy to go fishing, and then didn't turn up again. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to keep chasing him to get him down and that sort of thing. But it, but he is the most talented player I've seen. He and was, even in
0: that time? Like when you oh, yeah, yeah. I, 18, 19? You know,
5: when he did turn up, which was probably once a month or something like that, that... Uh, Things he'd do and I'd turn up early to watch the seconds play when he's playing the seconds and stuff that he'd do as a kid was just, just absolutely phenomenal.
2: What
1: did, he do, what did he do wrong at Hawthorne to get delisted? Like he went to Geelong obviously and had the most amazing career ever. Yeah,
5: he went to the country and played up at Myrtleford for a while in the ovens Murray and uh, had a bit of a holiday up there. And uh, while he was playing there, he, he was in the representative side and played really well. Geelong saw him. Um, so they did a trade. In those days it was money. Yep. Uh, I think it was 60,000. Okay. And he went to Geelong, and that was the funny story. You, you
1: Get a good dinghy for that. Sorry?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he turned up at pre-season. He, he wasn't the most fashionable person. And all these Geelong uh, players are who saying, who's this bloke? What's he turned up? After pre-season, they realised how good he was. He turned up for his first game. They are playing Fitzroy. Uh, so he was playing on a wing. Greg Williams was first game for Geelong in the middle. Jesus. McTurner was on the other wing. And we we talk about professionals and about players preparing themselves and get there probably two hours before a game. Start at two o'clock, half past one, Gary hasn't turned up. So this is his chance to resurrect his AFL career. So they send someone around to his house, he's watching a fishing show on the TV. (laughs) And
0: this is back when there were like four channels, so it would have been hard to find find a fishing show.
5: (laughs) It might have been recorded, I'm not too sure. Um, Anyway, so he turns up at quarter to two, you know, we talk about our... Uh, you know, the preparation. He's had 34 positions on a wing in his first game. 34? That was the year he represented Victoria after his seven or eight games and kicked eight at the half-forward flank against Western Australia. So, at his best, there's no-one can stop him. No, he had everything, everything. You know, he's probably the only person who could beat himself. You know, he was just speed, jump, uh, mark, kick both feet. He was tough. He was a bit nasty, as Dermot would say as well. But, uh, yeah, he was just a fantastic player.
3: Is it hard having players like that in your team when they don't have to rock up, they don't have to yeah. put in the preparation. Is well, that, a, does that breed resentment or anything like that? You would have been any, like that with
1: Plugger Lockett. That that would have been like, you would have been like you could do whatever you want, Plugger, because you're the best. I was a bit scared
5: of him. So, uh, <laughs> what? Really? You were scared of someone. I, I had fear factor. Oh, yes, I had fear factor. But <laughs> Gary, yeah, it was an interesting one, because Gary obviously didn't like training. You know, you hear stories <laughs> <laughs> that when he... um. When he was, when was coaching, because Ezzy's from the same territory up there at Druinway, and, and, and he knew Gary as a, as, a, as a kid, played in sides together, Gary Ablett used to hide in the physios cupboard so he didn't have to go out and train. So, <laughs> so, so Ezzy had said, which was smart of Ezzy he said to the um, senior players, he said, listen, uh, that Gary's not playing that well, he doesn't train that hard, he doesn't do some things that are, you know, no, that are against team uh, rules, I'm happy to drop him. And all the senior players, all the players said, no, nah, that's gas, we accept that, that's all okay. So so that was okay. But on the plugger one, um, now we've heard stories about Tony, when I got the job, you know, we've heard stories about how he punched the CEO out at St Kilda. We've heard about that.
0: He used to uh, no, we haven't. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and we really fucking want to hear that story. Haven't you heard that one? <laughs> do <Don't laughs> bury the, the lead. That's right. I that one.
5: Yeah, that's quite yeah. public. He 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 put one on the chin... He, I think it was Ricky Watt was the... Because they,
3: they used to set up the rooms after as a nightclub, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I think.
5: Because yeah, they're very social clubs in Kilda.
3: Very so, after a win, they'd have a nightclub. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, the puncher CEO night. That's a great <laughs> night. Oh, yeah, that's all right.
0: Raise money for the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the disagreement over? And this was, what, 92, 93 or something? Or?
5: Yeah, probably about that time. Oh, I think... I think the CEO might have said something appropriate that Tony didn't like, and Tony just put one on well, his like chin. Well, like put down that cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you coaching the Swans when Rocket, uh, when uh, Plugger came? No, no, he came. He went to Sydney the year before. He was right. there in '95. I started in '96. Yep. So you started uh,
1: and took him to a grand final that year.
5: Yeah. So Fuck lucky, you're good. Lucky. <laughs> a bit of luck. A bit of luck. No but, luck. But the story about Tony, I like uh, A couple of stories, but the one I'd like to talk about him. Um, now I don't. I think everyone's here is too young, but in about 92, he hurt his ankle and, and he and he went to hospital to get an X-ray and there's this media throng outside. There's about 20... And he threw the crutches uh, at the media, which one was a young Eddie Maguire who yeah. was a cadet to Channel 10. Anyway, there's if this media... finished f- the job. <laughs> 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 He's your mate. Sorry, And there's this media throng and and, and there's media friendship. You get an interview with him. And Michael Roberts, who played at St Kilda... With Tony, he was working at Channel Seven. With Bill Cannon, who's now at Fox, was working at Seven. And uh, Tony had gone back to Ballarat to his dad's place. And uh, Bill Cannon said to Robert, "Can you get an interview with him?" "Yeah, he's a good mate of mine, fantastic." "Okay, up to Ballarat, up you go. Take Cameron, cameraman up. They go to Ballarat, outside Howard's house. It's the old man's house. It's the old Fibro place, the old Venetian blinds, lovely little cottage garden. Pull outside, get the camera out. They go, open the blinds." Fuck off, Robbo, or I'll shoot you.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so the cameraman stops. He goes, no, mate, he's a mate of mine. You sure? Yeah, he's okay, solid. Good on you. He didn't realise he didn't like Robbo either. That, that was all right. Anyway, take a few more steps. Fuck off, Robbo, or I'll shoot you. So the cameraman's gone. He's turned, he's walked away, he's run away. He said, no, come back, come back. He's just doing it for effect. He said, fuck him, we're working, I'm telling you. <laughs> said, no, oh, we're sweet. Okay. Hit the path. Double barrel shotgun out, fires both of Robbo's head. Robbo shoots himself back in the car straight back to Melbourne.
0: <laughs>
5: so on the back of that, you know what Plugger says he's gonna do, Plugger's gonna do. But the
0: the one uh, I like. So after that. you've heard that story, it's very hard in a in a quarter time hardware to say, like,
2: fucking lock it, <laughs> fucking pull yeah. your now finger out. I up. must admit like, I was in total trepidation at
5: all, with Tony. only had two Blues with him, and um, I feared for my life both times. (laughs) Um, The other one, uh, now the Monday player of sport, we know that, uh, it's a a grind, but they get a lot of money and all that. But even the late 90s, even from a coaching point of view, we used to spoil them like DVD highlights of their game, upcoming opponents, literature, one-on-one coaching. So as part of my coaching at Sydney, the last meeting, I would randomly ask two or three players about upcoming opponents. So they had to swat up themselves. They had to do some homework because they didn't want to get embarrassed in front of their teammates. Now, Tony Lockett did not know many players in the competition. (laughs) He knew Mick Martin, Steve Silvani, Ashley McIntosh from Eagles and Alistair Lynch. He did not know and He played five times on Matthew Croft and still did not know who he was. (laughs) (laughs) So, randomly going to these meetings, I'd either have Andrew Dunkley, Darren Cruiser, or Paul Kelly come up and say, "Rocket, can you ask Plugger today? Because we want to piss ourselves laughing. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. Anyway, there's one weekend... We're playing the West Coast Eagles. And sure enough, but every player sits in the same spot. I know it happens at all levels. They sit in the same, the same seat. Go into the meeting. Anyway, Paul Kelly pulls him up and said, Rocket, can you ask Plugger today? But don't ask him about McIntosh. Can you ask him about somebody else? He doesn't know Djakovic. He doesn't know Matera. He doesn't know Ben Cousins. Doesn't know he Jack-a- doesn't know Guy McKinney. <laughs> He's got no idea who they are. So sure enough, here we go. And there's 16 stones sitting at the front between <laughs> Kelly and Dunkley. Same spot. There's a bit of a snigger going around the room. So up on my notes on the board, you know, there's match-ups, there's uh, tactics and strategies, and there's a few motivational words, whatever. So, Mick Lachlan, what do you know about Waterman? What do you know about McKenna? Stuart Maxwell, what do you know about Matera? What do you know about David Hart? And I asked somebody else, and there's 16 Stone, as I said, sitting at the front, elbows in the hands, elbows on the knees and the head in the hands like the little boy in the English class does when he picked out for reading. Yeah, <laughs> hope I wouldn't see him. So I said, Tone. Always called him Tone out of respect and fear. (laughs) I said, Tone, he said, Yeah, mate. I said, What do you know about Braun? He said, His dad owns a shaver company. (laughs) (laughs) With that, he said, Stick that up your backside, and he walked out of the room.
1: Now, you've spent two stints in South East Queensland. You were part of the original Brisbane Bears. That's I went actually, the second yeah. year again. Second oh, year? Second year, yes. What was what was that like? And then we'll get to the Gold Coast Suns in a minute. But what was the Bears like? Like, it was just fucking mess. Just before you answer yeah, that, yeah.
0: can I ask a few quick questions just about the Gold Coast? Okay, and then we're getting into the football. Sure. Um, can I just quickly ask, uh, in your time at the Gold Coast, did you ever go to the shooting range at Service Paradise Shopping Centre? Where's this leading me? No, no, I'm I'm just no i No, I can't. I can't. Did you that that ever I go have. to the Egyptian-themed mini-golf uh, centre called Kintad's putt Putt? <laughs> Did you ever go to the Gold Coast Wax Museum? Movie World? Wet n' Wild? Australia Zoo? Dinner and show at the Australian Alpex I
5: would have, absolutely. Not by my time of there, when <laughs> I would have taken a part- a family or some sort. Did
0: you ever party with a candy man, by any chance? <laughs>
5: Actually... Actually, I played with him at the Brisbane Bears. Ooh, there's a lot going Bainin. on there.
0: Okay, yeah. And then my final question, do you ever hang out with Chappelle?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
5: Only your surfboard covers.
0: Okay. Now we, we, could, we can talk football again. I've done my little jokes. Uh...
2: What was <laughs> it like good, going to the Bears? Yeah, the, bears.
5: Uh, the good time Teddy Bears, yes.
1: Um, so second their second year that you went there? Yeah. So Buckley been and gone by then?
5: Uh, no, he hadn't been there yet. Pre, he, yeah, he, pre. Because he, so they, they, they were on the 80s. Gold Coast, and he, he. Then the Bears went to Brisbane in nineteen ninety one. And when were you 1992, there? Nineteen ninety
1: two. Sorry. When were you there?
5: I was there from eighty eight to ninety one. And what was it like? Was it just a yeah? Miss? It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it was badly set up. No, that was badly set up from the AFL. Yes. Yeah. Um, where they got their players from? Where I was. You no, know, every play, Every team had to give two players. Uh-huh. And Carlton were smart. They gave a, a doctor who was a player just qualified and he was going to London. So he said, You can have him. <laughs> I think it was one of the Aitkins or something <laughs> like that. So the players they got were cast offs or has beens like myself or whatever the case may be. So it was a really, a really an eclectic bunch. Um, there was no facilities. There was no gymnasium. They got changed in portables. Portables, yeah. Yeah. So it was a really and an had, archaic existence. Are, so you, the,
0: are you at Carrara?
5: Yeah. Uh, that well, that's. That was, the, that was the year before, so the West West case wanted to go to Carrara, but they couldn't get a deal at the Gabba. So he said, stuff we'll play at Carrara, but they lived in Brisbane. And my first, year, my first year, they lived in Brisbane as well. So it was two years. They had to travel down. They trained at Main Football Club, which is like any suburban football club here. Yeah. So it was really basic, wow. really average. Um, and this bunch of players that were probably just struggling a bit. Mark Williams, was you know, so there were some reasonable players, Brad Hardy. Yeah. Mike Richardson, Jeff Rains. Um, and they won their first two games, which is unbelievable what Peter Knights was able to do. They beat North Melbourne and beat Geelong at Geelong. Um, then the wheels fell off a bit. They was, I, I heard Daisy before, there was quite a bit of party time amongst the boys. <laughs> <laughs> they did enjoy themselves, but it was really badly set up. And it wasn't until they went back to Brisbane. Brisbane. Wolsey became coach my last year there in '91. Um, and he cleared out the older players, went for youth, and then they went back to Brisbane, and I think that was obviously set them in
1: trying to become a good football club. What was Christopher Scase like? Did you have much to do with him? Um, so for anyone who's a little bit young, he was like a, a, what, a media entrepreneur? He was a magnate. He was like a bit magnate, like a story, yeah.
0: Kerry Stokes of these. He's own Channel 7, owned probably newspapers and the like, a media yeah. magnate. Uh, and then...
3: A and then, uh, bit of a Rupert Murdoch. Well, no, but then he... Tax evasion and all sorts of bad yeah, dealings. Yeah, yeah.
0: owned the Bears and then, yeah, lost a lot. Skip and then pretended that
3: we fled the country because he was going to be brought criminally, be brought under, and then we tried to get him back in the country. And he pretended he was sick, and then he died. So maybe he was sick. Yeah. <laughs> the extreme links you'd go to not to face tax evasion.
0: <laughs> but did you have any dealings with him or Paul Cronin as well, who were there? Uh, as, Paul was
5: that, uh, the chairman, and Christopher goes the owner. I only met Christopher once. Um, it was interesting, because I played with Philip Walsh as well, who, mm-hmm. who was oh, yeah. coach of Adelaide, and Walsh, was quite a, an abrasive character at times, and he was really dirty on a, uh, on Paul Cronin uh, for not knowing people's names, so we'd go into the Best and Fairest, we had to have a name tag to go into the Best and and Phil Walsh would have his hand over the name tag, and his wife, Helen, would have to be saying, oh, that's Phil, oh, hi Phil, that's how are so you?" so your chairman doesn't know who you are, yeah. and... Um, Skasia hardly saw, um, and that time they had the president. Every team's got their president's lunch, so they have a president's lunch up there at Carrara. He would get Peter Rowland catering from in Melbourne and fly it up Dude. for the lunch. so it's a bit extravagant, do you think? Uh, it's the cheaper ways so to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, so there was,
1: there was a so and
5: we wouldn't have a gymnasium, so there was no money spent on the players <laughs> and trying resources trying to make us a better football team. But uh, but I think the food was very nice at lunchtime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so why did you go there? Because you mean you you played he finished the Hawks at the end of '87, and then you went there for what three more years? I think it was. Yeah. What What was the incentive to go there? Um, well, it was coach. the worst football decision I made. Yeah. But it was the
5: best. It was the best career decision I got made because I probably wouldn't have coached and things opened up. Um, again, and players, you do you look back, but it was ego. Um, I got dropped for the '85 grand final um, after playing well at the preliminary final. They got dropped a couple of times during '86, and we won. And 87 again, and, I th- and then Peter Knights was coach. Him and Mark McClure come and spoke to me and said, listen, I'd like you to come up. And I said, "Yep, yeah, OK, that's me. Um, so it certainly wasn't for the money. I earned probably an extra 20000 from what I was getting at Hawthorne. So, um, so it was about playing senior football regularly. Um, Hawthorne, the next two years, won premierships. So whether I would have got picked, not too sure, but at least you give yourself a chance. So, and so it was a bad decision from that point of view.
1: And did you coach the Brisbane Resies and then play in the seniors? Yes, was I that, did. Yeah. How is that? Unbelievable! Um, so you're playing the game. You're coaching the game before the main game. To what to what point would you stop coaching? To three quarter time. So oh,
5: it happened to Having the, be, it. the it's unbelievable. Christmas, Christmas case went fled the country. So Ruben <laughs> Pellerman became. No, he was sick. Owner. <laughs> <laughs> he was sick. He got very sick in Spain, and Ruben Pellerman became um, owner. Paul Feltham took over Knights when he got sacked. Then there was a a political push from players, with part unfortunately I wasn't part of, anyway, they got rid of Paul Feltham, they had no money, so Norm Dare took over the coaching um, in the February, So, and he was coaching the reserves, so he wanted a senior player to coach the reserves, so it was me and Mark Williams who were going to share it, uh, the board said "No, I only want one, so Mark dropped out, Norm forced me to coach the reserves, I was still playing in the seniors, <laughs> so like country football, I'd coach the three-quarter time, then go down and prepare to play in the seniors. Fortunately, as it was, I hurt my knee about round four or five, missed a dozen weeks, and then came back through the seconds. Captain coach, if that's the right phrase, and um, and then coached them outright the next year in the seconds.
1: Yeah, right. And then you became an assistant coach at North North, North Melbourne. Yeah, yes. right. So Sorry. you're a coach of the Duck, Wayne Carey. Is he the best player you've seen, or is it Gary Albright? Um No, no. Lee Matthews is the best player. Lee I've Matthews. Seen. Yeah, 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 okay.
5: Uh, I think the debate has been between people. It's been Lee Matthews and Duck. So, Duck's second. Yeah. Uh, Gary Abbott's the most talented player I've seen. Um, but Lee, because of his consistency of performance... You just woke your
2: makeup.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Rip Van Winkle. Come on, champ. Um, but uh, I think for consistency of performance, he's won eight best and fairest in a club that were premiers and yep. consistently in finals. But his output was just... Just enormous.
0: And where do I rank on that list? <laughs> Am I four? So lethal, dark, ablet, me? Do you reckon? Yeah, you're not quite on the podium. You're just, <laughs> just out. Just out. Did you love coaching? Yeah, I did.
5: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still coach locally in the football and at the yep. moment in the local competition, which is good. Yeah, I think you you, you get as much enjoyment out of seeing players improve, and mm-hmm. um, and and that was a big part of mine. Obviously. You know you drive them hard for many ways, but yep. uh, but certainly I enjoyed that. Yeah.
1: When they talk about losing the players, you know they say oh the coaches lost the players kind of thing. So when you ended up at um, Sydney, you finished in round fourteen or something like that, and then Paul Ruse finished out the season and got a lot of wins. Do you look at that and go oh, fuck? <laughs> like how do he do that? Um, I think. Um like we'd, we'd,
5: we'd lost five games by less than eight points. Right up, up to that stage, Shit. four or five. So we, we were thereabouts. Yeah. I okay. think, think it was time. I had a blue with the, the chairman, which is never a good thing politically. Did you punch um, him? Yes. No. No. <laughs> oh no! we are my best <laughs> fights by 100 metres. <laughs> so um, so that was. Uh, you know, it was turning sour there a bit. So so you move on. So the, I think the you know the stock was there. The, you know, the players were there as far as. So playing. you
1: do feel that you go. Oh, my time's done. Like. The messages, well, I, I think at the time
5: because I was. That was my first job, and you think you now you want to hang on to your hang, hang on to the position. Yep. Um, but in hindsight, me in hindsight, it was probably the right call. Yeah.
1: yeah okay.
0: We'll wrap it up very short. If that's okay. Thank you so much, you guys, for hanging out. Just want to ask very quickly about just certain plays, if that's okay. So uh, as Dale talked about before, Warwick Kappa you were at the Brisbane line. Oh, the you great wizard, yeah. Um,
5: I was there. I'll let you know a secret. Uh, he is a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What, what
5: makes is you he, say that? He's the only only bloke I know that a brain scan and got a refund. <laughs> <laughs> but is he? Is he? I mean,
0: is is he in the rooms? Just being a fruit fly? Is he like you know just running around being annoying? Like what's, what? 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 what is like in a room with I him? think
5: because he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he is a nice fella. He,
0: he's a, he's a good
5: and he's a, quite a good teammate. Even though there's quite a few senior players at the Bears who were antagonistic towards him. I think that was to do with money, I think. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But he was quite a good um, team person um, and very good for the club. Like Kids would queue up for an hour for an autograph. And he, me- he means well, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. he hasn't got a mean body in his body. You talk to the Swans people, when I went to the Swans um, later on, they were talking about him in a very positive light. They knew his shortcomings, yeah. and full, but they thought he was terrific for the club.
0: Um, what about um, Acker?
5: Acker, Yeah. Look, he, he, look. He's one of the obviously the best players that have played the game, and I feel for Jason a bit because he, wherever he goes, they end. It ends up in turmoil. Um, and uh, is he a liar? <laughs> is he a golf cheat? <laughs>
2: that's apparently, that's the
5: case. I think that happens. <laughs> but um, I don't know if he's a liar. But he, no, he, he's such a a strong character. That he does like the limelight. He does like media. And I think at times that, and I think it happened in Brisbane and then towards a, 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 the dogs as well. And that becomes as driving force as much as he does his footy.
1: Yeah. Well, how were you with the handstands? Like the, obviously the, the other players didn't like that, did they? When he was doing that at uh, um,
5: some players great. didn't mind. Okay, I didn't mind. We went through the process then, uh, which was out of my control too. They got leading team, the great leading teams yep. in. So, and uh, oh, you should have
0: got a collective mind, man. They were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong move. No wonder no wonder Footscray didn't get the apex, mate. You need a collective mind. Well we did improve. <laughs> down. Um,
5: but uh, and in, in that you get players to give feedback and you give them a voice. Yep. So I, as a coach a step out of that and a few players brought that up as they're thinking that's that's not what we're about. We haven't yep. achieved anything as a as a club, yep. as a team. It's about us as an individual and they kept going back to Brisbane. Well, we won premierships and I was able to do it. So there was a bit yeah, of sure. there was right. a bit of animosity, a bit of angst, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I I didn't mind it actually. By to, yeah. I, I didn't mind it, but it was not my vote.
0: Yeah. Can we confirm? We'll just finish off with one more question if that's okay. Um, we did a live pod with uh Brunley Medalist, Adam Cooney. Maybe confirm or deny, okay? Adam Cooney talked they were played in Perth. Uh, and he went out for a bit of a walk at night. Got home to the hotel about 10pm or so. and, Him and
5: Farron Ray. I do remember this one. Okay,
0: let's confirm it at night. He reckons the President Morgan saw him and he reckons that he the President thought Adam had gone out for a few drinks, which he, he reckons he hadn't. Before the game, you said to Adam, hey, Coons, he usually starts in the middle, he said, Okay hey, Coons, can you just start on the wing closest to the bench? Okay? The ball gets thrown up in the air. Five seconds later, the runner runs out, taps Coons <laughs> on the shoulder. Coons, you're off. Okay? <laughs> He gets on the phone and his words were,
2: You can't!
1: <laughs> Would that
0: possibly be true? Most of that is true.
1: <laughs> we're in Perth and that's uh, where
5: Adam left out the little bit about me challenging before about going out. Uh, and so... Um, fucking cones. So, <laughs> And I don't know if it was David Smorgan, but some people did tell me that him and Farron Ray got back at the hotel well after midnight. Yeah. And if you know Adam, Adam just doesn't go and see the sights of
2: <laughs> Perth. And he's
5: not going down, to see, he's not going down to see the Swan River. He's got no family in Perth.
0: He's not going to the gallery.
5: So um, and so I started him on the wing. I don't think it was five seconds, but Adam um, didn't chase very hard and was, looked like he wasn't totally invested sure, in the game. Okay. So I um, I might have been a few other expletives
1: other than the seaweed, but uh, <laughs> 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 it's good to have a right of reply. But
5: the other other one is, is Brian Lake it's an interesting one. I had that relationship with Brian. <laughs> did he change
1: his name from Harris to try and escape you?
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I hadn't given him a barrelling at that stage. But Brian, and I uh, must admit, my relationship with Brian was pretty good. I, I liked his humour; it was very funny. And but he was just so lazy and laid back. Even at Hawthorne, I've heard that they the same. They were so frustrated with him because Brian, uh, Brian did what Brian wanted to do. And that's fine. So he just, and he responded every time to a cattle prod. We're playing in Perth, <laughs> This one, always wanted to play us forward. And uh, 7.30, game day, on Saturday morning, physio phones me and said, oh, Brian's done his back, he can't play. I said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, i believe him. I said, <laughs> you go and tell Brian, if he plays, I'll play him at full forward. Of course, Brian settles up, he's, he's right to play. <laughs> Ten minute mark of the first quarter, I put him to full back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, again, please yeah, thank Rodney Aid. Rocket Aid. And also, please thank our very special guest, Andy Lee. This is Adam Rosebarks. We're going to hit the road.
3: Go Hawks! Go Blue. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, guys, I know the podcast is finished, but I wanted to do something outside of the podcast. Let's do it. All right. Fuck it. This guy's fallen asleep. Mate, he Now, fucking... now, 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 he may be dead because he's the guy that fell down the stairs, mm. but is it possible that we can all pretend there's, like, the world's ending, zombie apocalypse, that he gets to wake up to?
0: Yeah, how do we replicate yeah. that? Well,
3: I think if... Uh, Carlton win the premiership? <laughs> So
1: that's not nice. Well, fucking I want, hell.
3: I want you to film it, Rosie. Yeah, done. Yeah. If Rosie films
1: it and the rest of us as a group. So basically, during the show, ladies and gentlemen, he's kind of been nodding off um, yeah. and, and he's dead asleep right now. Yeah. if you can't see to the back, he's fast asleep. So after, after so, taking a serious head nod. you're filming now? I'm eh? filming now,
3: yeah. Okay, so Rosie's filming. What mm. I want everyone to do is a bit of. Like a plane's going down. We're going to fucking die. <laughs> so, you know, any, anything you can believe that will shock this guy out. I, I like of the way him. you're
1: whispering. He's fucking dead to the <laughs> world.
3: So, and let's just see if he responds. So, I'll, I'll do a countdown from three, and it's hysteria. That's what we want to do, okay? Ready? So, scream, stuff like scream that. Scream, stuff, whatever you want to say. <laughs> the yeah. zombie's got me. <laughs> that guy's got a gun. Oh, my God, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Plug a locketeer here with a shotgun. Anything <laughs> you want to yell out. Exactly. <laughs> All right.
5: Three, two, one.
1: Hasn't moved. Yeah, he's, he's waking up. He's waking up.
3: <laughs> wow.
1: You're responsible for him, remember? Yeah. Fuck, man. How much MDMA have you had, buddy? Fucking hell. It was worth a try. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Thanks guys. You've been fantastic. Thanks for coming out.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your
5: travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more